Buddha, of course, said many things that uh, I found helpful, that we find helpful in guiding us uh, in this life towards a greater happiness, teaching us skills. One of the things that he said uh, that I find very helpful uh, is that he said, even if you're able to practice just a little bit, the practice will be of benefit for you. So even if you're only able to put so much effort into meditation and your Dharma practice, whatever effort that you put into it will be of benefit to you. It'll be worth it to practice. So I think this is really uh, useful for us to think about sometimes, right? Uh, to remember this. Uh, I know for myself sometimes uh, I have a tendency to uh, chastise myself for not practicing more or uh, thinking that uh, Boy, if I had, you know, started practicing earlier on in my life, I didn't start uh, in this tradition until I was 35 or so. That, uh, uh, you know, because of that, I, you know, you know what's the point? You know, in my my more uh, disconsolate moments, uh, and you know, I think our tendency might be to think that well. You know, if I can't put an inordinate amount of time into practice, uh, if I can't uh, go off and live at a retreat center or at a monastery, you know, what's the point? Uh, or if we have very busy lives, uh, we, may, uh, we may think that way. So it's really helpful to remember what the Buddha said. Even if you're only able to practice just a little, the practice will be of benefit to you. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Whatever time and effort you're able to put into, it'll be worth it for you. Now, having said that, and this is the other side of that, uh, if we practice more, you know, we'll come to know greater benefits. So there is a great uh, benefit in practicing more, putting more time into our practice. The more we practice, the greater the benefits. Uh, you know, we could simply put it, uh, the more we practice, the greater happiness that we'll know. So if we want a greater happiness, uh, we, uh, we need to practice more. We need to practice more. Uh, and, and it's really through practice that we come to know a greater happiness. You know, it's through practice. Uh, the study and the classes are all good, but you know, and important, but they're really offered in the service of helping us develop our practice. So uh, it comes down to our practice. If we want a great, greater happiness, uh, we need to practice more. Uh, if we want more happiness than what we have in this life. But that also, to me, is, uh, is really useful to remember. It's really useful to remember because I would tend to think, uh, well, you know, if you were me and you had my karma and you grew up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, nothing you can do is going to help you have a greater happiness. You know, you're sort of stuck with your misery. But that's not what the Buddha tells us. He says, 
if you practice, you'll know a greater happiness. You know? so, uh, so there is a way out of our suffering through practice. So, you know, and, and that's, that's really important for me to remember, uh, you, know, on, you know, particularly on certain days when I may be struggling and it may seem like uh, uh, there's no way out of my struggle, that, you know, the way out of my struggle is to practice more. Sometimes it means just, you know, feeling the breath in that moment, you know, applying that very simple movement which is the most simple and basic movement of practice. It all starts, the Buddha said, with mindfulness. You know, mindfulness starts with mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of the body. So, uh, so there is a way out. You know, there is a way out. It's through practice. So we always have to kind of ask ourselves, you know, can we put more effort into our practice? Can we put more effort into our sitting meditation? It all starts with the formal practice, the sitting meditation, and then of course we try to maintain our practice. We try to maintain the breath throughout the course of the day, and we try to put it to good use. We've always said those are the three tenets of practice that we teach. As Arjun Lee says, we establish the breath and the meditation, we maintain it during the course of the day, and we put it to good use by being heedful, paying attention to our actions. So if we practice more, it will bring us a greater happiness. I mean, that's a broad statement. Uh, you know, if we uh, take a closer look at that and what that means, or why it brings us a greater happiness if we practice more, uh, to make perhaps another broad statement, uh, in support of that, uh, but perhaps clarify it to some extent, uh, we can say that uh, you know practice brings us closer to the heart, brings us closer to the heart. So if we practice more, we'll come closer to the heart. We'll be more connected to the heart. Or we'll be more connected to the light or have more access to the light within. Another way to think about practice metaphorically sometimes is moving from the darkness to the light. So if we practice, it'll bring us closer to the heart, closer to the light. We'll have more access to the heart and to the light. What the Buddha teaches us, what he came to see through his own practice, was that uh, we're blocked off from the heart, and we're blocked off from the light. Uh, and this is our issue. The issue isn't so much uh, that we don't have, as human beings, uh, this glorious heart and this glorious light within. That's not the problem. The problem is we're blocked off from it. Uh, this condition uh, that we find ourselves in when we're blocked off from the heart, blocked off from the light, uh, the Buddha called dukkha. Sometimes that gets translated as suffering. Uh, I don't think that quite speaks to uh, what dukkha is. I mean, 
Because for one thing, dukkha is is suffering that's caused by clinging, right? So it's, that's really important to know. And all clinging is rooted in aversion and desire. The Thai Ajans uh, uh, often talk about uh, uh, the stains on the heart or the defilements. The Pali word is kileshas, K-I-L-E-S-A-S. You know, it's one of those words that uh, you don't hear a lot in Western discourse. I remember years ago, I was talking to a, a Dharma teacher, you know, and I, uh, a pretty well-known Dharma teacher, you know, and I used the word defilement, you know, and he said, oh, don't use that word. Don't use that word. That has, people will get upset if you use the word defilement. I think, you know, we, we get upset when we hear certain words because we don't really understand what those words mean sometimes. You know, what, what, what the teachings tell us is the heart is radiant, the heart is shining, but it's obscured by these defilements, these different manifestations of aversion and desire, liking and disliking, uh, the ways that we cling our dukkha. This is a very uh, essential tenet in, in the teachings, is the heart is radiant, but it's, but it's obscured by these defilements. The quote, uh, I put the some very simple quote uh, in the reading, in the readings today, uh, and it, this is actually a, a translation, I think, from Ajahn Mun, where he translate this, translates the Sutta uh, as uh, monks, this mind, and they oftentimes, if you, in the re when you read uh, the Ajans, they use the word mind and heart interchangeably. They're really talking about it, the citta, the citta. Uh, monks, this mind or heart, monks, this mind is originally radiant and clear. But because passing corruptions and defilements come and obscure it, it doesn't show its radiance. So this mind or heart is originally radiant and clear, but because passing corruptions and defilements come and obscure it, it doesn't show its radiance. So our practice is a practice of unblocking the heart so that it can show its radiance so that it can show its radiance, and so that its radiance can guide us, and so that we can live uh, guided by this radiance of heart, from the heart. So when we practice, uh, our practice leads us to, uh, to the heart being less blocked. Now, let's pay attention to the careful choice of language I'm using uh, here. I'm not saying that our practice leads to the heart being unblocked. I'm not saying our practice leads, it could lead to that, uh, but our practice leads little by slowly to the heart being less blocked, less blocked, less blocked, less obscured by the defilements. There's less darkness and more light, gradually 
there's more light. Gradually, there's more light. I always like uh, the title of Stephen Levine's book from many, many years ago, A Gradual Awakening. A Gradual Awakening. We tend to think in terms, no pun intended really, of black and white or darkness and light. But really the practice is uh, less darkness, more light, less darkness, more light, less darkness, more light. It's a process of more and more coming to the light, more and more uh, abandoning the defilements, uh, the qualities that are obscuring the heart, more and more uh, there's light, there's more light. Sometimes the Ajans talk about polishing the heart, polishing the heart. It's kind of, I mean, there's many metaphors that have been used throughout the ages. I always think of it like as a window, or I often think of it as a window, a window that's like really dirty. You know, if you're like me, you don't really wash your windows that much. You know, you live in the city, sometimes it's hard to wash the outside of the windows, you know, depending on how they made the windows, you know. You live on the whatever floor you're on, you don't want to be hanging out the window trying to wash it, you know. The windows get really dirty, you know. But, but we're talking about, you know, when, when the heart is completely blocked, it's like the window, you can't see through it. There's no light coming through, you know. So in our practice, we're sort of just starting to polish the window, but, you know, you know the window is covered with dirt. You know, we're polishing this window, if you will, if we use this metaphor, gradually some light starts to shine through. You know, gradually some sh light sh starts to shine through. The more we practice, more light shines through the window. You know, the more we polish the heart, more light shines through. Or another metaphor, of course, is the, the sky. You know, the sky that's filled with clouds, right? The sun is shining, but we can't see the sun. You know, gradually the, cr the clouds start to part a little bit. So if we practice, uh, gradually some light begins to shine through. The more we practice, the more we polish the heart, the more light begins to shine through. It's a simple, simple equation, and we have to practice skillfully. So if we practice, if we practice, if we begin to have some access to the light within, the light of the heart, we begin to have some access to the heart, some access, some access to the heart, then we begin to know the benefits of the practice. We begin to know happiness of heart. We begin to know a greater happiness. A little bit of light, a little bit of happiness. But that's still more than what we had before, right? A little bit more light, a little bit more happiness. So, you know, there's this sort of misconception, you know, and again, I think it comes a lot from the way that we tend to think about things black, in terms of black and white. There's this notion that the, the heart has to be completely unblocked. You know, this question came up last week in the group. You know, the condition in which the heart is completely unblocked and rid of its defilements is complete awakening, perfection or purity, you know. You know, the Buddha had that, you know. We're not really striving for that. 
in this lifetime. We're striving little by slowly, day by day, through our practice to have a little bit more light, a little bit more light shining through. Uh, so, uh, you know, the heart doesn't have to be completely unblocked, completely radiant and unobscured and shining brightly for us to know happiness in this life. And that's the point I really want to make here today. Because again, in terms of our black and white thinking, we think until my heart is completely unblocked, I'm going to be prevented from knowing happiness and living in a way in which I know a greater happiness. A greater happiness. Yeah, there's still going to be suffering and difficulty and challenge in life, but there's more opportunity because the heart is less blocked for living in a way in which we can express ourselves from the heart and know a greater happiness. And that's why the Buddha says if you practice a little, it's still going to be a benefit for you because you're going to connect to a little bit of light and there's going to be more happiness in your life and a greater happiness. And that's going to affect other people. So there's this misconception that the heart has to be completely unblocked. If there's a little bit of light, we can begin to live more skillfully. We can begin to live more skillfully. You know, we start with a little bit of light, and our, light be and our life begins to change. Our life begins to change. Now, I think another part of our difficulty is that we tend to dismiss the little bit of light. We tend to dismiss the little bit of light. Oh, it's just a little bit of light. It's just a little bit of light. You know, but our practice is a practice of paying attention to small things and turning to that little bit of light and living from there, even though you know the heart may be blocked, even though the window may be still covered over with a lot of grime, even though the sky may be largely cloud-filled. You know, we turn to that little bit of light and we learn from that. We understand what it is from that little bit of light that we have to do to know happiness, and we move forward. Now, I do think that what happens in practice is there are, you know, there are, I don't want to say quantum places, but there's, you know, as you move further on in practice, you have more access to the light in the heart, you know, through practice. Because you practiced more, you have more access. And as you move further into the practice, you know, your access to the heart and to some light in the heart is, is, is more facile for you. you know? So that you're able to, to turn to that light and it's there and live from there. You know? Uh, you know, at the beginning of practice, there's these little spokes of light, you know, and you kind of touch into them a little bit, you know, and things start to shift and change, you know. I mean, I've been teaching for a long time and I don't... You know, if people are really honest and truthful about it, you know, as they start to practice, their lives do start to change. You know, there, you get to a certain point, you know, this, a certain phase in practice where if you practice enough, uh, you know, you have more access to the light, you're able to connect to it uh, more and more so, uh, and, you know, it becomes a little bit more reliable, it becomes a little bit more reliable. But this light has to be cultivated, right? We have to polish the heart through practice. 
and really it all starts at breath meditation. You know, if you practice breath meditation, there's some good passages in the readings from Ajahn Lee who talks about how concentration, you know, if you develop concentration, you begin to connect to the heart. You begin, that light begins to shine through. Because as you develop concentration, as you develop these qualities of jhana, there starts to be a little bit of space from, you know, the things that you're holding on to, right? There's just a little bit of space. It starts to happen right from the beginning in meditation. You know, most people, you know, you come to meditation and you're just thinking, 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 you know, and then, you know, you just start to meditate. You even, you know, if you're a, a beginner, you start to get a little bit of space from the thoughts, right? Even if it's just for a few seconds here and there in every meditation. You know, as you continue to practice, you have a little bit more space. There's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more space. You know, sometimes people, uh, you know, come to a day-long retreat, like the retreat we're going to have Saturday and uh, in New York, and, uh, you know, halfway through the day, you know, somebody will come in to talk to me and say, Ah, oh, I'm really thinking a lot. Oh, my mind is just... You know, and I'll say, sometimes what I'll say is, you know, yeah, you probably are thinking a lot, but you're probably thinking a lot less than you were would be if you weren't here, because you're sitting here and you're really making this effort to put all those thoughts about past and future, all greed and distress with reference to the world. You're making an effort to put those thoughts to the side. Sometimes you're going into them. Sometimes you're going caught, getting caught in them, but a lot less than you would be getting caught in them and going into them if you weren't here because you're making more of an effort to keep, you know, keep the mind on the breath. So, so I would say, you know, you, you know, you, there, there probably is a lot more ease and there probably is a lot more light that's shining through. It's just not as much as you'd like there to be, you know? You know, also what's happening is you're noticing how the heart is obscured, you know, and that can be a little upsetting when you start to see that. And then we tend to focus on that and then, you know, get worried about that. But if we practice breath meditation, we start to get some space from thoughts. We start, that's equanimity, right? That's the crowning quality of breath meditation. We start to get some space from the thinking, you know? It really, of course, starts with the ease, with putting the mind on the breath, you start to get a little bit of space from the thoughts. And so, you know, when you're getting space from thoughts, you're getting space from the defilements, you're getting space from aversion and desire, liking and disliking, from your clinging. You're getting a little bit of space from it, you know? Uh, and then the breath starts to feel good and you get a little bit more space because, yeah, this is good, I want to stay here. And then you get into the body and the body feels really good and it's like, ah, the heck with those thoughts. And that's how the Buddha describes uh, you know, the, the, the development of jhana, all thoughts and worries of the household life are put to the side. You know, so you're getting some space from that. You're getting some space from the thinking, from the dukkha, from the clinging, and there's the light is starting, there's some light that's starting to shine through. You know, there's some light that's starting to shine through. And then as you start to practice discernment, you start to get even more space. So even in the very simple practice that we teach of awareness, breath, compassion, ABC, in terms of uh, practicing discernment of that which you are clinging to, if it's a different emotion or whatever, you bring awareness to it, oh, there's anxiety, there's worry, there's fear, and you're creating a different relationship to it, a spacious relationship to it, a subject-object relationship to it, instead of 
I'm anxious, it's there's anxiety, and there's a little bit of space, there's a little bit of space, and in that space you're able to connect into the heart. Yeah? You're able to access the light in the heart. The light begins to shine through a little bit in that space. Uh, the more you learn to develop that space and practicing discernment, the more that space is informed by wisdom. This is what Ajahn Sumedho calls intuitive awareness. You know, when there's that space, that space is, 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 is girded, if you will, with an understanding that if I hold on, it's going to cause me suffering and I don't have to hold on. You know, so there's some wisdom there. So the space, that's really kind of what discernment is. It's space, you know, concentration is like space that is, uh, that is developed through effort, you know, through effort, through just creating space from, you know, your dukkha, from the thoughts. Wisdom is, you know, that space is held, you know, through understanding, right? So it's like, I'm not going to go into that, you know, concentration is like, I'm just not going to go into it. Wisdom is, yeah, I'm not going to go into it because I understand the pain in it, you know? So there's more space. There's more space. So the development of discernment, you know, there's, there's less ignorance, there's less clinging, you know? There's less of a propensity to want to go into the thoughts or the emotions. Uh, there's more space and there's more light. So just if you do these simple things, practice. This is what practice is. I just gave you the whole practice in, in five minutes. Uh, you know, develop concentration, get some space, start to bring awareness to your experience, start to develop discernment, create some more space, the light starts to shine through. The light starts to shine through. You're coming out of the darkness. It's like when you're in something, there's, there's no light. You know, so you're getting a little bit of space, there's a little bit of light. So gradually as we practice, gradually, gradually there's more light. You know, these are things that we're doing. These are practices that we're doing. Uh, these are things that we can do. One of our problems, so another problem, uh, is that we don't look to the light. We don't look to the light. You know, there's a little bit of light, you know, it's, but we don't look to the light. We're preoccupied with the darkness. It's like, you know, you've got that dirty window and it's been, wind, it's been dirty, the light hasn't shined through it in five years and you start to polish it a little bit and you get a little bit of, a little bit of light there just shining through a little bit and then you're going, but look at it, it's still, the rest of it is still dirty, this is terrible, right? We're not paying you, or, or this, the clouds are covering the sky, and there's finally a little bit of light shining through, but we're going, oh, but look at all the clouds. There's so many clouds. You know, we're not focusing on that light. We're not turning to that light. So this is one of our, one of our big problems that we have. We don't look to the light. We're preoccupied to the, with the darkness. We don't acknowledge the light. We're so busy acknowledging the darkness. You know, this kind of lack of balance, this kind of lack of balance is what contributes. I, I, I just, I've been thinking about this and seeing this. You know, this sort of lack of balance is what contributes, is what leads to self-judgment. Yeah. 
So we don't look to the light, we're only looking at the darkness, and then we kind of start to judge ourselves a lot because, because of all the darkness, and also because I'm not experiencing anything but the darkness, but we're not looking to the light. So this sort of lack of balance, you know, it's like you have to look at the darkness, but you also have to look at the light. You have to look at the light, you have to turn to the light. This lack of balance leads to self-judgment, self-recrimination, self-hatred. So in our practice, we're learning to turn to the light, to knowing the light and living from the light. Living from the light, living from the heart. Another one of those, you know, last week I talked about some of these phrases that we use that, you know, we just kind of toss them off. And if we just keep tossing them off, they become, you know, platitudes or tropes. Uh, so what does it mean to live from the light, live from the heart? You know, last week I also talked about, you know, when we come up against difficulty, uh, if it's in our meditation uh, or if it's in life, you know, our tendency is to want to fix it or think about it. But an alternative to that, and this was the, the, the essence of last week's talk, would be just to ask, how can I meet this moment with the heart? You know, just to ask that question instead of thinking about it or trying to fix it, and just to try to ask, you know, and let the, you know, let an understanding arise from it. And when we're doing that, we're really kind of turning to the light, right? You know, so it's good practice because we're learning to turn to the light. We're usually turning to the head. Can we start to learn to turn to the light? What can I do in this moment? It's like if you say to yourself right now, how can I be in this moment fully, wholeheartedly with compassion? But don't try to think about it. Then you're turning to the head. Just how can I be in this moment with grace? Can I, can I be in this moment with grace? What is it like to be here? with an open heart, with peace, you know. So you're starting to turn to the light, you turn to the light. You know, I, I think sometimes when I give that kind of a teaching, it's hard because A, we're not practiced in it, B, you know, it's hard for us to access the light because, because we haven't put in the work, you know, in, 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 the, in the meditation practice, in the discernment practice so that we're able to turn to it. But, but I think everybody can, can turn to it and know it. You know, you can ask a question like, uh, what would it mean to give to this, what can I give to this moment right now? Instead of what can I get from do what he's saying, what the teacher is saying, what can I give to this moment right now? You know, you start to, and you just turn to the heart. You turn to the light, the heart understands. That's why the Buddha said the easiest way to begin to connect to the light is by practicing generosity. It's like our, our capacity for that is just really right there on the surface. That's why it's the first thing he taught. It's the easiest way for us to turn to the light. That's why it's a useful strategy, even in a moment like this or in your meditation, to ask, how can I give in this moment? What we want to do in our days is, is turn to the light you know, as we move through our days and as we take action, our days are comprised of the actions that we take. So uh, the more access we have to the light, to the light within, you know, this knowing quality, the more we know, 
what's going to be action that's informed by love and compassion, and what isn't, and what isn't. You know, that understanding of what action is informed by love for ourselves and, of course, for others, you know, is found in the heart, not in the head. You know, ultimately, it's found in the heart. You know, we may have past experience. We can talk to wise beings who can support us in, in knowing what's in our best interests. You know, the Buddha gives some basic guidelines like the precepts. But ultimately, we have to know. You know that ability to know is found in the heart. You know, the more we are able to access the light within, you know, the more we're able to know what it is what we need to do to be happy, what actions that we need to take. But if there's access to a little bit of light, you can start to do that. You can start to do that. And there starts to be a lot more confidence. You know, you're not relying so much on the head. You're relying on the knowing quality to guide you. You can't rely on the knowing quality to guide you until you've developed access to it. The more you develop access to it, to the light within through practice, the more you can rely on that. The more you understand cause and effect, which is really the essence of discernment. Discernment is cause and effect. It's understanding what leads to suffering and what leads to happiness. So the more we're, we have access to uh, the heart, the light within, uh, the more we understand what leads to suffering and what leads to happiness, and the more inner strength we have. You know, our strength, that quality of strength is found in the heart. So in the quality of compassion, in the qualities of compassion and the qualities of love, so the more we're able to turn in and look to that light, the more we're connect, able to connect to these qualities of inner strength. This is where we find our strength, is within, in the heart. So it's a practice of being more connected to the light within, more connected. Uh, it's not going to be completely shining, the heart, but the heart begins to shine a little bit more. We have a little bit more access to the light within. The more we're able to have that kind of access, the more we're able to take action that's from the heart, that's in support of our wish to be happy. You know, we understand what it is. You know, that understanding is within, but we're blocked off from it. The less blocked off from it, the more understanding we have what, what it is that we need to do to be happy. You know, that's not going to be intellectual, right? That's not going to be intellectual. That's only going to get you so far. The Buddha said, so this was his great understanding you know, that he came to on the night of his awakening, that our happiness depends on our actions. Our happiness depends on our actions. If our actions are informed by love and compassion, we'll know happiness. The third understanding he came to was the understanding that the heart is blocked, and this is why we're not able to take actions. And in order to let go, in order to unblock the heart, we have to let go of our uh, clinging and our narratives, uh, our stories, our thinking. And we come more and more, we're able to come to the heart. More and more, we're able to know the light. More and more, we're able to take actions uh, that bring about happiness of heart. <clears throat> 